I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Pre-trial hearings continue today in Guantanamo in the case involving the alleged mastermind of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. But Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and his four alleged co-conspirators did not appear in court this time. The judge presiding over the military tribunal had previously said they didn't have to. Reporter Arun Roth of our partner program Frontline on PBS is in Guantanamo covering the hearings. Arun, so what happened in court today without the defendants present? Well, they had picked up uh, in the middle of a discussion they left off yesterday about uh, dealing with uh, with witnesses. Basically, the defense is unhappy with the current situation where the the prosecution is essentially the gatekeeper on relevance for the witnesses, which they're saying they, they shouldn't be. It puts them in an unequal position. And that's because the, the, the government, the prosecution, is also in charge of determining, you know, what information is classified. So... The defense is arguing pretty convincingly that this puts him at at a distinct disadvantage because in terms of going into detail about the relevance of the witnesses, that in a sense they would be tipping their hand directly to the prosecution, directly to the people that they are fighting against in this adversarial process. Now, this also kind of feeds into some other complicated part of this hearing, how to classify Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Isn't he straight up an enemy combatant? Yeah, that is how he has been defined, yeah. And yet they are also calling him a participant in the CIA program. Yeah, that, that's one of the most peculiar uses of the term participant that I think any of us have, have heard here. One of the biggest issues here is whether or not the issue of the mistreatment of these men can come up in court. And the argument the government is using, and it's one that just amazes people, is that they are saying that because Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was a participant in the CIA program, meaning that they abused him, and therefore he can't talk about it, that basically he is essentially like a CIA employee and is you know, restricted by those rules. So how can he be an enemy combatant and a CIA employee at the same time? And the judge says the fact that uh, the defendants were tortured is not relevant. Right. Well, that's, that question itself hasn't really been directly answered. So uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed wasn't in court today, but he has been in court earlier this week. What have you seen? What, what has he said? Well, at first, everyone here was struck by the fact that you recall when we talked in in May during the arraignment, uh, a lot of people called it a circus. They disrupted the court multiple times. One of the defendants took off his shirt. They would interrupt. uh, They stood up for unscheduled prayers. They were much better behaved this time around, and uh, it was noticeable. But then midway through the week, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed asked for uh, the opportunity to say something to the court, and much to everyone's surprise, the, the judge allowed him, and he went on basically a diatribe for, for several minutes. And he talked about when you remember the Thousands Guild on September 11th, that he wanted America also to remember what he called millions that Americans uh, had killed across the world. And that the president can take someone and throw him in the sea, which is clearly a reference to Osama bin Laden in the name of national security for the American citizens, meaning referring to those drone strikes in, in Yemen this year. Mm. It was a pretty amazing moment that he was given free reign to do that. Afterwards, the judge said, you know, this is never going to happen again. Yeah, and pretty amazing that you were in the courtroom to see that happen. I mean, uh, I look on Twitter, and it feels like you're the only journalist who's down there. How many journalists are covering this hearing? It, it's been kind of disturbing, Marco. I mean, we've all been commenting on, on this. There are 25 reporters down here, and actually a, a couple of, have already left around midweek. And this is compared to close to 60 back in May, you know, when they had people that, that were waiting to get in as well. Mm. When I was here in May, you know, it was 
much more of a big deal to uh, to win the lottery to get into the, the courtroom gallery. And, and this time it was pretty much if you wanted to go, you could get in one way or the other. I know it's an election season, but, you know, let's face it, Guantanamo detainee policy, the military commissions, it's not an issue in the election. Nobody wants to debate it. And uh, I think people's attentions are, are, are just elsewhere. Arun, let me just ask you one more question. Um, it was announced today that uh, Major Nadal Hassan, who is on trial for his shooting rampage, must shave his beard before going into court. KSM, yeah. uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, has a big beard. Uh, no problem with him in a courtroom or in a military tribunal uh, wearing a beard. Why the difference? The big difference is that uh, Major Hassan, he, he is in the, the army and he's being tried in a court-martial, so he's subject to their rules. I mean, he has to cut his facial hair and, and comply with, uh, you know, what the army says along those lines. Muhammad is an enemy combatant in a military commission, so he, he's in a different position. And also, one of the things that happened this week was that he was allowed, you know, obviously he has his, his full beard now, but he was also granted permission this week to wear uh, what he deems as his native attire, uh, meaning a camouflage vest that he, he's now uh, wearing proudly to, to court. Arun Roth with our partner program Frontline on PBS, speaking with us from Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Thank you very much, Arun. Thanks, Marco.